0: You're listening to the Well Woman Healthy Lifestyle Podcast, episode number 46. And today we are exploring that sometimes mysterious and misunderstood topic known as adrenal fatigue. We're going to talk about what is it, some of the causes, some symptoms, supplements that you can do, tests that you can get run to see if you have it, vitamins that are good for it, and adaptogens that help, and how you can implement self-care on a daily basis to help with this thing called adrenal fatigue. So with no further ado, let's dive in and find out about this mysterious topic that's taking the medical industry by storm. Well women, it's time for a new perspective on women's health, a time to understand that your greatest wealth is your health, a time to make self-care your number one priority a time to recognize that good health is the only way to live your best life and do all that you can in this world. So join me on this journey where we'll explore women's health topics from a medical provider's viewpoint, have conversations about everyday healthy lifestyle options, and enjoy interviews with other Well Women we can all learn from. It's time to demystify women's health and learn practical ways to apply self-care to every part of our lives. This is the Well Woman Lifestyle Podcast and I'm your host, Michelle Broad, certified women's and adult nurse practitioner, daughter, wife, mother, and all out women's health enthusiast. So, you ready to start the journey? Let's go. Well, hello, ladies, and welcome back. So, today we are going to be talking about the very misunderstood topic of adrenal fatigue. I get so many questions um, around this topic. People um, really don't understand what it is. It's not really a very common uh, mainstream Western medical diagnosis as much as as you might see more of it in the alternative world, integrative medicine, functional medicine, and those worlds you'll, you'll usually hear and see a lot more of the term adrenal fatigue. So I thought I'd come on here today and kind of go over this with you, give you some perspective into it. And kind of give you an idea so that you can have a little bit more and a better understanding of what it is. And if you may have it, or if you have friends who have it, or you're reading up on articles because it's very big, Um, in the news It has been for a while, and I don't think it's going to go anywhere soon. Okay. So for some people feeling exhausted is a normal daily thing, but for many others, the sudden lack of energy can be a frustrating and difficult thing to deal with. Adrenal fatigue can can manifest itself in a variety of ways, but the basic mechanism behind it isn't quite fully understood at the moment. Some research suggests that it's simply the body's inability to keep up with the production of hormones that are normally manufactured during certain types of stimuli that involve your natural fight or flight responses. Yet some others still believe that it could point to other more serious types of diseases. So for a second here, I just want to take a side note, kind of go down another path and teach you a little bit about the HPA axis, which is also known as the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, because this is what serves as our body's control center for stress responses. So you see, when you react to a specific stressor, your body will release hormones such as cortisol, which is the primary stress hormone along with aldosterone and DHEA. These hormones are produced so that they can work together to maintain elevated blood sugar levels while also helping the body maintain fluid and sodium. This is to ensure that your blood pressure remains high and your blood sugar levels can keep up with the high demands of the brain, heart, and other vital organs during stressful times. These processes take place so that your body can survive during situations that warrant a true fight or flight response. Okay. So these survival mechanisms evolved to allow us to overcome or escape from a predator. So thinking back in our ancestors days, when they were out on the range and they were facing tigers and bears and, you know, other, other, um, you know, other humans out there, they had to, you know, act quickly. So they needed to have this flight and flight response. The problem for most of us today is that our current stresses, such as being caught in the middle of a traffic jam, missing a flight at the airport, or being unable to pay our bills triggers the same hormonal responses as if we were being attacked by a killer tiger. This means that many people's HPA access is constantly activated. Compounding this is that very few of our modern trigger scenarios actually result in a physical fight or flight response. Really paying the bill, you know, not being able to pay the bills, you know, is not really a physical danger, you know, with a gun pointed to our head. You know, being late for our flight or for being in traffic, we just get upset, and when we get upset, it's triggering off these same responses as if we were actually, you know, being confronted by a predator. Okay, so this means that the hormonal cocktail is released, but there is no corresponding physical reaction to use up or dissipate the release and its and its reactions. So our ancestors would have returned to a normalized level quickly during the resting period following that physical event. Okay. So you, I kind of tell my patients to think of it like this. You are walking down in a car, in a parking garage, it's late at night and you're going to your car and you hear footsteps behind you and you perceive that they're getting closer and closer. So what happens? You get frightened. You start to think of, oh my God, look around you. How am I going to get away? You get your keys out. You start walking a little bit faster. Your heart starts racing a little bit faster. Your palms become a little more sweaty. You become more alert. And at that particular time, what happens is that your body is releasing cortisol. It's releasing DHEA, and it's releasing aldosterone to put all those responses heightened you know, act on heightened senses. So you can get away if you need to. So then you get to your car, you get in and you realize that, Oh, it was just the lady's car next door that was walking behind you. Your body starts to calm down. Your hormones start to settle. Your heart's not beating so fast. You're not sweating so much. And you take a deep breath And okay, you normalize again. So that's a typical up and down type of response, responding to a real physical possible threat. But what happens is for many of us, stressful things can be, like I said earlier not having enough financial ability to pay our bills, you know, not liking our jobs, being in a stressful marriage, being in stressful situations with our kids, being a caregiver. Many of just the normal demands of today can cause the same stress response. So what happens is your body is constantly like in a state of flight and your cortisol is constantly pulsing and pulsing and pulsing. It never really kind of goes back. It never goes back to normal. So over time, your cortisol levels start to decrease and you start to have signs and symptoms of things that can go wrong. And that's what we term, that's what we kind of term as adrenal fatigue. Okay. So in recent years, studies regarding adrenal fatigue have uncovered conflicting information, making it difficult for us to pin down exactly what causes it. So it's entirely possible that different sets of illnesses and stimuli could be triggering these events. Some cases can be attributed to simply being prolonged lack of sleep, people having chronic stress, while other cases may be more difficult to diagnose because the real cause could be a serious condition stemming from depression or an autoimmune disease. Diseases like fibromyalgia are very difficult to detect and are still misunderstood by many healthcare professionals in mainstream medicine. And fibromyalgia is also one of these very misunderstood things kind of like when fibromyalgia first came out people thought oh you know they didn't understand it they didn't know what it was you're just you know it's all in your head it's the same thing with adrenal fatigue while we have very important pieces of this medical puzzle are still missing there are quite a few symptoms that most people experience that point to some kind of deficiency of some sort of these essential chemicals in the body these could include blood pressure changes sudden changes in weight Feelings of restlessness or tiredness, skin discoloration, chronic nervousness, eating or digestive issues, and pain in the extremities or in your abdomen are all the primary signs that you could have adrenal fatigue. You could be exhausted because basically that's what's happening. Your adrenals are kind of pooping out. They're becoming tired and they no longer are being able to do the job that they're supposed to do. Okay. Now don't confuse adrenal fatigue with that of Addison's disease because Addison's disease is also called adrenal insufficiency. It is an uncommon disorder that occurs when your body doesn't produce enough of the certain hormones, cortisol. In Addison's disease, your adrenal glands located just above your kidneys produce too little cortisol and often too little aldosterone. And that is usually an autoimmune type of response, not something that is just caused by constant stress from everyday things or, you know, ill long prolonged illnesses can also bring on adrenal fatigue. Okay. A combination of different things could bring on adrenal fatigue. We don't know exactly <clears throat> excuse me. We don't know exactly what the main reason is, but it can be a host of different things. And it depends on the particular, on the individual as well. Because some of us handle stress differently and better than other people. And we don't know why that is. So if you are experiencing like Extreme fatigue that's just coming out of out of nowhere. You know, all of a sudden you're just feeling really tired and you have no energy, or you're having, you know, weight loss, or you're having abdominal issues, or you're having a lot of aches and pains in your joints and stuff. Then you need to seek out your medical provider and you need to start talking to them and having some tests run. And usually tests that should be run are things like your CBC to make sure that you're not anemic. Number one, number two, getting a metabolic panel run just to make sure that you're not diabetic. Checking your thyroid, your TSH, your free T4, your free T3, to make sure that you're not you don't have hypothyroidism that could be causing you to be tired. You know, check an AM cortisol just to make sure you know, or your cortisol levels to make sure that you really don't have Addison's <clears throat> because basically, it's kind of like with fibromyalgia. You know, it's a wastebasket type of diagnosis in Western medical in Western medicine. So you have to kind of rule out everything else that you possibly think can be wrong. And then when everything else comes back negative, then you can kind of say, okay, it's fibromyalgia or it's a adrenal fatigue. So they're going to rule out the main things and they're going to do testing. And if you really want to get your cortisol tested, then you need to see an endocrinologist who specializes in hormones and can do detailed testing of, and do an an ACTH test um, also to see. So, you know, if you think it's just because you've had too many nights up or, you know, you you haven't just been getting some sleep or different things have been going on in your life. But if it's a constant fatigue and, you know, of tiredness and just where you just can't get up and do the things that you normally are supposed to be doing or that you were doing, then it's worth having and going and getting checked out and making sure that everything is a-okay in your medical profile. Okay. So next I want to talk to you about um, some supplements or things that you can do. So there's A lot of, especially um, vitamin B vitamins are very good and I want to talk to you about that. And so thiamin or vitamin B1, this vitamin is also known to strengthen the immune system while also enhancing your neurotransmitter synthesis in the brain. And this assists to improve your memory. Skin and blood pressure, vessel health, as well as food metabolisms are some of the many processes that take place in the body that require sufficient amounts of thiamine. When food metabolism is being carried out properly, the body will have more energy available performing other required functions. So, you know, you also want to get your B vitamins tested as well, too, to make sure that that's not another reason why you might be fatigued or vitamin D. So how can you get more thiamine or vitamin B1 in your diet? Um, Eat more fish. Macadamia nuts, lean pork, sunflower seeds, wheat bread, and green peas are a good way to get more thiamine. Okay. So the next one I want you to look at is B2. And we also know that as riboflavin. This is a water soluble vitamin that can, can, that cannot be produced by the body. So it has to be sourced from dietary intake. This vitamin works to improve red, red blood cell properly functioning Therefore, helping to boost your energy levels. This nutrient is also important for fast carbohydrate digestion, which may also translate to improved energy production. How can you get more riboflavin into your diet? Soybeans, eggs, asparagus, turkey, almonds, tempeh, and mushrooms. And I just had tempeh for dinner tonight, so got myself a good dose of vitamin B2. Next is folic acid or vitamin B9. This is another water-soluble B-complex vitamin that is crucial crucial for metabolizing protein and its building blocks the amino acids. Protein is necessary for improved muscle mass and muscle growth and repair. A A lack of unusable protein will cause feelings of lethargy and fatigue. So how can you get more folic acid or vitamin B9 into your diet? Through spinach, garbanzo beans, rice, pasta, lentils, and orange juice. Next is vitamin B3 or niacin. Vitamin B3 is a a vital for maintaining the health of the skin, liver, eyes, and hair. Niacin is utilized by the body to help processing high cholesterol, which can also impact an individual's energy levels. In order to maximize its efficiency, this, vitamins, this vitamin must work in conjunction with other types of B vitamins to enable it to produce more energy. Sources of, of niacin or vitamin B3 are eggs, tuna, beef, liver, swordfish, beets, and peanuts. So get some of those in your diet. The next is vitamin B6. Okay, This nutrient has artery protecting effects and supports the health of your circulatory system. Vitamin B6 promotes proper blood flow to enable the proper functioning of the vital organs of your body. How can you get more vitamin B6 Um, is through tuna, turkey, banana, sweet potato, sunflower seeds, chicken, and salmon. The next supplement that I want you to think about also, like I said, when you were doing a CBC to check to make sure that you're not anemic is if you need iron, iron is a nutrient that is critical for the production of hemoglobin, which is a substance found in your red blood cells. It plays a key role in transporting oxygen all throughout the body. A deficiency in iron can leave you feeling weak, tired, fatigued, pale, dizzy, and can cause difficulty for you to try to focus on tasks. A lack of available blood oxygen can affect almost all vital organs in the body, including brain function and the ability of the immune system to fight off disease-causing microorganisms. How can you get more iron? beans, poultry, pork, bread, meat, seafood, spinach, and other dark green leafy vegetables are good sources of iron. And you also want to make sure that you're getting, you know, enough antioxidants into your, um, into your diet as well. And you can get that through whole food, whole food supplements. Okay. I highly recommend and take juice plus I have been recommending juice plus to all of my, um, clients, my patients, my friends, my family for over 15 years now, because it's whole food and the body understands food. It knows what to do with it. Um, vitamins are okay, but vitamins are synthesized, um, you know, portions of, whole foods. So they take out the particular vitamin, they synthesize it. And we find in research that um, when something is isolated as in a vitamin, it doesn't work as well as when it's with all of its friends and it has a synergistic effect. So look for whole food supplements. And if you'd like to um, learn more about um, Juice Plus, you can find out more at www.mbroad.juiceplus.com. Dot com, And you can read up on it and kind of see um, all the great things about it. And if you're interested, you know, hit me up and I can tell you more about it. Other things that I want you to think about besides um, your B vitamins and your whole food um, supplement for antioxidant is I want you to think about probiotics. It's another form of a supplement that you can take aside from the things I just said, because what this is going to help do, it's going to help support the growth of important bacteria that are grown inside the body. You can also get these through eating yogurt and a variety of specialty drinks designed for the same purpose, like kombucha or a lot of other um you know, fermented type of foods will give you a good probiotic, but you want to get your gut healthy as well, because our gut health stems into a lot of other diseases. And we're seeing a connection between adrenal fatigue and gut health as well, as well. So things that I want you to also to um, avoid, mistakes to avoid, is people are under the assumption that if a little is good, more is better, and that is not necessarily the case. Um, you don't need to take a 1,001 supplements to help achieve certain things. So make sure that you're taking proper ones. Make sure that you're taking ones that um, are reputable from a reputable source. You know what's in them, and you know that um, they are doing what they say that they're going to do. So you want to have some research behind the product that you're taking. And I want to stress that if you're going to take supplements, then spend the money on good supplements. Okay. Please do not get supplements from, you know, Costco, the big box stores, your local grocery stores. You know, I'm not putting them down or just, you know, disfiguring anybody else's products, but you don't know where those things come from. And if you're going to spend the money, at least you want to be spending it on something that you know is going to be working. Okay, so next, I want to talk to you about four types of adaptogen herbs that can help with adrenal fatigue. The first one is ginseng. This root is the most common of all the adaptogen types. Ginseng has a small amount of stimulant that can help revitalize you and wake you up when you need it. Ginseng is known for helping the body to be more efficiently metabolize stored energy and helps to improve your endurance ginseng contains a high level of antioxidants and is the perfect agent to help you deal with stress and repair damage done to the body by both hormonal imbalance and free radicals that can cause cancer. It is also very good at repairing oxidative stress. The next is licorice root, but you need to be careful with licorice root, especially if you have high blood pressure. Like many of the herbs on this list, licorice root has the ability to foster a major increase in energy by boosting the immune system and protecting many organs against damage that can be caused by by cortisol. When the hormone cortisol is under control, it is easier to achieve control over your emotional state and it helps to improve metabolic functions. The only catch is, is that while the root has many positive attributes, it should only be used under medical supervision because of its ability to make major changes to your blood pressure. Hence why if you have high blood pressure, you really need to watch it. And it's more the black licorice than it is the red licorice. It's not the red vines and things like that. It's it's the black kind. The next one is the reishi mushroom. There are a few classes of mushrooms that are excellent and powerful antioxidants and reishi mushrooms are one of the strongest. This is largely due to their extreme concentration of nutrition and their ability to boost immune functions. These mushrooms have been linked to decreased tumor activity by certain medical providers and many professionals have begun to seriously research these useful fungi. Nutritionists have been suggesting the addition of certain mushrooms to the diet for decades for their positive influence on depression and on hormonal imbalance in people. Hmm, Good to know, right? And the last one is rhodiola. In the last decade, dozens of studies have been done on rhodiola. Since the 1960s, it has been well-documented that, rodi- that rhodiolo has some very useful effects on depression, anxiety, and other disturbances of the emotions. At one point, it was used to effectively treat the stress that was experienced by pilots and astronauts. So there you have it. I hope that you kind of understand a little bit more about adrenal fatigue. It is... Um, It's where your cortisol levels are kind of going on the low side. It's not that you don't have cortisol or that your adrenals are not able to make cortisol. That is Addison's. It's just where because you've been under constant stress or you've had things going on in your life that are depleting your cortisol function, and it throws off your hormonal imbalance. Because cortisol is what helps to give you that you know, equilibrium. So if you're feeling fatigued, like I said, please seek out the care of a medical provider, get your blood work tested, see if anything seriously other, you know, is going on. And if not, explore the idea of adrenal fatigue and mostly things that help adrenal fatigue are sleep, you know, getting enough sleep, making sure that you are decreasing the stress in your life, um, making sure that you are eating more green superfoods, making sure that you're eating healthy fats every day, sip on, on natural herbal tea. You know, green um, green tea is great. Um, eat a nutrient dense protein and try to get your hormones back in balance because sometimes when we as women our hormones are out of balance, it can affect um our adrenals and cause us to have a little bit more fatigue as well. And that's why sometimes when you go through the menopause and the menopause, you experience sometimes a little bit more depression, a little bit more hot flashes, a little bit more fatigue, can't sleep at nighttime because the body is adjusting to this hormonal um, switch. You know, you're losing your hormones, they're depleting, and your body has to kind of get used to it. So there you have it talking a little bit about adrenal fatigue and things that you can do, gave you some good ideas for some supplements that you can do, gave you some good ideas for some um, adaptogens that you can put in there, things that you need to do. But number one is giving your body time to recuperate and to rest, doing some, what do I call it? What do I always say, ladies? Self-care. Because if we practice self-care, ladies, and we get that in on a weekly basis, then we're going to avoid, you know. burnout. And adrenal fatigue to me is another form of burnout. So get in your daily dose of self-care, drink your water during the day, try to get good sleep at nighttime, try to eat as good a food as you possibly can get, spend time with family and friends, do do your business, but don't let your business do you. So remember that your health is your greatest wealth and business asset. So wear it wisely. So until next week, ladies, thank you so much and have a blessed week and bye for now.